Good morning. This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Good morning, everybody. It's 9.35 a.m. Central Standard Time, November the 27th, 2018. This is episode 40 of Bitcoin A. And what's going on today? Well, there's a lot of stuff going on today, man. Uh, Lots of cool news. Let's start uh, with the morning roundup. So uh, the first thing up is in my my deck is a tweet that I made uh, a couple hours ago. Remember that scene in the big short when our guys found out all the ratings agencies, both of them, were giving AAA ratings to gigantic piles of shit? I remember. I'm retweeting fin, at fintech Frank, who has a uh, who linked to Reuters, Reuters.com special report. Um, and he's saying major story by at a n n a i r r e r a special report. Little known to many investors, cryptocurrency reviews are for sale. Well, freaking duh. But you know, I mean, we. This is the first kind of confirmation, um, pretty solid, you know, pretty solid confirmation that we've had that this is going on. So let's let's look at a let's look at a little bit of this article right here, and I'm just going to read. I'm going to read the first part, first few paragraphs, but the big part is uh, down at the end. <clears throat> so it says. New York Reuters, when cryptocurrency issuers want positive coverage for their virtual coins, they buy it. Self-proclaimed social media personalities charge thousands of dollars for video reviews. Research houses accept payments in the cryptocurrencies they are analyzing. Rating quote-unquote experts will grade anything positively for a price. All this is common, according to more than two dozen people in the cryptocurrency market and documents reviewed by Reuters. Earlier this year, Ukrainian startup Hacken was looking looking to promote its new coin after raising three million. Uh, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of their uh, their currency, but they raised three million in their currency online in late 2017. Chief Executive uh, Dimitro. Bedorin and his team identified a list of almost 200 cryptocurrency social media personalities they they thought could help them, he said. Okay, well, so here's an example. Uh, Hacken paid 7500 for Christopher Green, host of Alternative Media Television, a YouTube channel with more than half a million subscribers, to review its coin in a video. Bedorin told Reuters... In the 25-minute video published on June 22nd, Green raved about Hacken's coins and business, describing it as a, quote-unquote, huge market opportunity with, quote-unquote, potential 1,000x returns. Okay, 
I'm going to stop there because this is sort of the the article kind of describes what what we've already known that part. That part is is you know pretty solidly known in the crypto community uh, that people are for sale. Uh, you can get like any any idiot with a couple of million or a few hundred thousand YouTube subscribers and you pay them thousands of dollars and yes, they review your coin. Okay, so there's that's not that's not big. They the article goes as as you scroll through the article, it becomes different uh like a different uh genres of these expert reviews. So it goes from like just YouTube and social media personalities to things like here in in the section uh, labeled expert reviews. Uh, ICO Bench is one of the most popular websites listing and rating ICOs. Its pages are among the top hits in any Google search for a specific crypto project and the word ICO, making it a key site for currency operators to appear on. Ratings on the roughly 15-month-old website are generated by unpaid experts who pass the website's background check process, ICO Bench Chief Executive Maxim, Maxim Sharatsky told Reuters. <clears throat> As of November 24th or uh, 14th, ICO Bench had 361 experts whose ratings are overseen by the site's 34 employees based in Moscow, London, and across across Asia. So now it starts getting a little bit worse, but still, we're not really, you know, I'm not surprised. It's when to start going down here all the way to the bottom and you get into the uh, section of, uh, let's see, articles, pay for articles. This one is, this is the very last part, and this is the one that is a uh, pr- kind of it's pretty damaging and 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 damning uh because this now starts to get into journalists all right so pay for articles another service on offer from ico agencies is paying writers to publish stories mentioning their clients or linking back to their clients websites according to interviews with four agencies and six email offers seen by reuters Prices range from as little as 100 bucks to as much as 10000 according to interviews and messages. A cryptocurrency data company showed Reuters an email it had received from an individual offering an article on business website Forbes.com for $2,500. The post, which would feature a company's name and website, could be delivered in six to eight weeks, the email promised. The email included a coupon for a $500 discount. Forbes.com said in a written statement to Reuters that its editorial guidelines explicitly forbid contributors from receiving payments in exchange for stories. Forbes did not share its editorial guidelines with Reuters. Of course not. Earlier this month, Forbes removed a post under the byline of Harold Stark, originally published late last year, which referenced a cryptocurrency issuer after Reuters inquired about it. In a statement to Reuters this month, Forbes said it had discovered in early 2018 that Stark violated its editorial guidelines. It is not clear if Stark accepted payments for his Forbes post. Stark did not respond to a request for comment on LinkedIn. We terminated our relationship with him and removed all of his content from our site at that time, the statement said. Due to a technical glitch, his prior content reappeared, but we have removed the content once again. And this 
is by Anna Arena. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, it, it's not clear that Forbes is involved in this, but this this doesn't help the you know any space at all you know if if it's a Forbes knew that this was going on or um, and then like Forbes is you know fairly you know fairly credible uh, I guess I mean it, depending on how you want to play that but uh, one of the more credible news agencies that we have so think about all the rest of the news agencies that are not so credible um, essentially. <sighs> you have to do your own research on this. You see a story in Forbes or, or business insider or some such about a cryptocurrency and it, and it's, you know, some kind of glowing review or whatever. Chances are, it's just another shit coin. And they're probably, the author's probably getting paid to promote it. So, you know, be aware and, and take the time and do your own research because if you don't, you're going to end up with a, with a bag of crap. <laughs> All right, so uh, <clears throat> on up into the stack, uh, Joe Wisenthal at The Stalwart writes in a tweet, wait, ICOs were raising money in Ether, and instead of using that funding to build out the project or convert to fiat, they were making, quote unquote, good bets in other cryptocurrencies. And he has a screenshot of uh, the Aragon project a couple of tweets that they put out. Um, and it's the first one says direct message from the Aragon associates board. The Aragon project has always been supporting Ethereum and its community. Our token sale was done in ether and we haven't dumped any ether besides minor hedges to other cryptos, less than 5% or lost faith in it. And then tagged right next to that one. It says when the Aragon Aragon token sale happened, we raised $25 million and ether was at $90. Fortunately, the Aragon association has made good bets in other cryptocurrencies. And even after a year and a half of operations, the Aragon association now has a portfolio worth more than $30 million. Okay. So the problem here is that the Aragon project was a token sale and they were going to build their system they were going to they were going to use all that money to hire the developers to get office space you know do all the startup stuff so that they could build their project up and now it's looking it, it not looking like what they did is they they diversified their holdings into other cryptocurrencies, that's unethical because they're not a hedge fund. They're not an investment house. They are a company that was supposedly trying to build something. And what we're finding out is that they use their their token sale to hedge on other cryptocurrencies instead of building the damn project. It's this, this is a shit coin. I'm sorry. Aragon Project, you guys have acted unethically. Uh, chances are good you're going to get your ass regulated into the ground, and I am not going to miss you because you took all the money that people gave you, and instead of doing what you told them that they were, you were going to do, you did something else, and you admitted it. It's right here, and this tweet is never going away because this is a screenshot, and I, you're done. Sorry, you're done on up into the stack. 
So let's see, Whale Panda, at Whale Panda has a nice, there's a neat little thread here. He starts out, started at the top, now we're here. Started at the top, now maybe 5% of my followers are still here. And this was this was about 6.30 a.m. this morning. Uh, numerous crypto writes back, Panda, how much did you sell in the last year? Panda replies, define last year. I actually didn't sell anything in 2018. I did sell a decent amount in Q4 of 2017. Numerous crypto writes back, thanks for the reply. Have you ever gotten wrecked in the past years? Whale Panda, I got mega wrecked in 2015. Numerous writes back, wrecked by HODL. Did you sell it low? Uh, what was the smartest choice? Uh, <laughs> hashtag crypto, uh, Captain Hindsight you had during this period. Wrecked because I was margin trading on OKCoin and did a bad job at risk management. Also bought a lot of really bad shit coins. So Joris Kimperman jumps in, says, I'm curious here if it turned you into a BTC maximalist. Whale Panda writes back, well, it definitely helped. If you look at it objectively, Bitcoin maximalism makes perfect sense. Network effect, fair distribution, proof of work, solid monetary policy, most secure chain, and world-class devs. And numerous crypto writes back says, would you say that your mental health has improved, stayed the same, or worsened since the events of 2015 to this day? Whale Panda writes back, improved. So two things here. Whale Panda is a BTC maximalist. <laughs> He's seen the light, especially by the and because he bought the other thing is because he bought the really bad shit coins. And it's all garbage. It's like the Arrogant Project. I mean, it's like uh, there's just there's so many sharks in the water that, you know, just stay away. You know, not investment advice, people, but just just buy Bitcoin. It's not, not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard at all. Um, yeah, okay, so up in the stack, uh, Yassin Ark at Y-A-S-S-I-N-E-A-R-K writes, this bear market is healthy for all of us. Looking back at peak prices, they scream greed. BitConnect at a $3 billion market cap. Bitcoin Cash was trading at $2,800, all while Tron was in the top 10. What were we thinking? And he's got uh, three screenshots of uh, coin market cap, you know, pretty much in, in the uh, fourth quarter, you know, uh, leading up to the blow off top in uh, the last part of January uh, or last part of uh, 2017. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really weird looking at these things because you got Bitcoin at a market cap of almost $300 billion, a price of 17500 Ah, oh, remember those days. And you got Ripple at $3.08, people. It's trading at $0.38 cents right now. Ripple's a shit coin. Don't buy into the hype. Ethereum was at a grand. Bitcoin Cash was at $2,700. Litecoin was damn near $300. Freaking Tron was at $0.17. Cents. And it was at sitting at number nine, people, at number nine. Bitcoin gold was $301. And then here's a name I haven't even heard of in week. I haven't heard this name in, in months almost. Rayblocks, R-A-I-B-L-O-C-K-S. Guys, most of the, the, the one good thing that I will say about this bear market 
is it is going it is shaking out all of the crap all of the crap is going to be buried and it will be relegated to like the dustbin of history and people will I don't know they'll still trade it I mean you can still trade BitConnect even though it's essentially defunct right but you can still trade it but all this this crap it's it's all got to go to zero it all has to go to zero get out of your bags man I mean you know I mean unless it's you know like for me I'm never selling my Dogecoin it's a trading at point zero zero two one or or some something what is it at yeah point zero zero two one right now uh and i'm never going to sell it because it means something to me it's a meme coin right it means something you know it it, it has i have good feelings associated with with dogecoin it, it was it, it it was fun right but dude tron come on what dude god just buy bitcoin um there is a really good uh, article by um, let's see what's his name oh hold on for just one second okay yeah so this is uh, an article written over at avc.com uh, by well by Fred Wilson um, and if you don't know who Fred Wilson is he's a uh, He's uh, a venture capitalist, and he's been doing it since 1986. Um, and this is sort of his his diary, uh, his, his yeah, his, essentially his diary. And so he he writes and blogs about stuff. Um, and in this one, he's uh, it's titled "What Bear Markets Look Like." And let me get to uh, through a few few sentences of this. It's hard to look at the price charts of the big crypto assets and not cringe, but it helps to look back to an earlier time when a new sector was emerging and understand what can happen. Amazon peaked in the internet bubble in late 1999 at around 90 bucks a share. Almost two years later at the trough, you could briefly buy Amazon at $6 a share. It then took until late 2007 for Amazon to trade above the highs it reached in 99. So like it took until 2007 for uh, 2007 for it to get above 90 bucks a share. But of course, all of this is ancient history. And if you look at Amazon's chart today, all of that turbulence is hardly even visible. And so he's got these he's got these charts. And so what he what he's saying is that it's, you know, not it's not impossible that we enter into a very multi-year long-term, you know, ugly ass bear market and the only people that are going to shake out at the other end is going to be like like so the badasses. I hope I'm one of them. I really do. Because I'm looking at this Amazon chart that he's got pu- that he's got published, and the, it's actually not it's actually not one chart. There's a there's two, actually there's there's three total, and the first two are showing you know showing obviously around 1999 through like 2000 and uh, was it 2002 and whatnot like that, and but the last chart of, of the three shows it like its entire price history, and it is amazing. You know, it's it's amazing to look at the problems that it, it's the problems it was having in the bear market um, are like just these little blips at the very beginning of the chart, and then there's just this huge ramp of a mountain that starts 
see, everybody got out of danger, it looks like, around in 2010. Everybody was pretty much, you know, if they held on and didn't sell um, from 2000, from uh, 1999 all the way to 2010, then you were good. And then it just goes ballistic, you know. I think it popped peaked out at like two grand a share or something like that somewhere in uh, earlier this year. And so anyway, the, the, so the deal is, is that um, he, uh, f- you know, Fred goes through and, and talks about that, you know, lots of people left the, you know, the internet when the internet bubble popped and whatnot like that, lots of people bailed out, lots of talent left, and f- you know, for old friends were never seen again. It's possible. It's possible that that happens here. You know, I, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like the thought of it, but, you know, if every, you know, if the people that want to stay in, the people that are building stuff right now, um, are impressive people because they were building when there was bear markets and they were building when there were bull markets, and it is, it's like they, it's, it's like they can't see anything else in front of their face except for the projects that they're building. Except you, Aragon Project. You're obviously not building anything. You want to be a freaking hedge fund. But anyway, so this, uh, I'm not going to read the whole article. I want you to go, uh, you know, read it for yourselves because it is good. Fred Wilson, sharp dude, knows what he's talking about. Been in the game forever and ever and ever. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd take his advice and, and just kind of, or not take his advice, just read what, is he, what he has to say about this particular bear market, you know, li- the bear market life cycle. And, uh, take heed so let's see what else is up in my stack um oh btc pay server has a tweet and i'm excited about this one this is going to be cool btc pay plugin added to the wordpress repository dude that is awesome if you're a merchant with a store we don't recommend that you update right away as any software updates during a busy holiday season aren't a good idea if you update make sure to double check everything and then it's got a uh, the tweet has a link to the actual wordpress.org site uh, BTC pay for WooCommerce is now available so you can put BT pay server or BTC pay right into your WordPress. People can pay you. People can pay you through BTC pay just on, on WordPress. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm excited. I can't help it. I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's going to be, that's going to be really cool. And that's going to do it for the morning roundup. let's do some vital statistics uh not that we really probably should but might might as well uh bitcoin is at three thousand seven hundred and thirty dollars bitcoin cash is listed as 179 dollars litecoin is at 20 2075 ethereum classic is at four dollars and 31 cents bitcoin gold is at 1786 remember it was at 300 300 people. Dogecoin is at 0.002. The high on Bitcoin looks like it's going to be hit BTC has got it listed at 3,800. The low is going to be GDAX at 3,662. Spreads pretty, still pretty tight. 
transactions over the last 24 hours is standard at about a quarter of a million. Uh, transactions per hour, 11,500. Uh, 1.2 million BTC has been sent in the last 24 hours. Uh, the average uh, sent per hour is 53,800 BTC. Average transaction value is 4.67 BTC. And median transaction value is at 0.065 BTC or about 250 bucks. Block time is eh, a little high, uh, 10 minutes, 59 seconds. 130 blocks were made over the last 24 hours uh, with five, five blocks per hour on average. Uh, their miners are taking 0.31 BTC per block in fees. 1,625 Bitcoin have been minted in the last 24 hours with 40 Bitcoins taken in fees. Hash rate clearly is dropping. Um, we've actually got a little bit of bump over the last 24 hours to let's be a 300 or 3.65% bringing us uh, up to 40 exahashes per second where we were, you know, have lost about 20% of the hash rate. Yeah. Or no. Um, yeah. Yeah. 20% of the hash rate because we're kind of hovering around, you know, 50 exahashes per second. Uh, GitHub last commit was yesterday. Uh, GitHub last commit for Bitcoin cash was on the 20th. Um, yeah. Bitcoin cash transactions are like 8,000. Uh, Dogecoin has triple the amount. Yeah, Dogecoin has damn near exactly triple the amount of transactions at 27,300 uh, over the last 24 hours. Even Ethereum Classic's doing 50,000. Litecoin's doing 22,000. Bitcoin Gold has fallen, you know, is 883,000. That thing's probably going to die. But that's going to do it for the, uh, for the vital statistics for today. Bitcoin Optech Newsletter number 23 for November 27th, 2018. This week's newsletter provides a reminder about potential fee rate increases, summarizes suggested improvements to SIG hash flags to accompany BIP 118 SIG hash underscore no input underscore unsafe, and briefly describes a proposal to simply simplify fee bumping for Lightning Network commitment transactions. Also included are selected recent Q&A from Bitcoin Stack Exchange and descriptions of notable code changes in popular Bitcoin infrastructure projects. Action items. Monitor fee rates. Recent reductions in the exchange rate are the likely cause of a modest decrease in hash rate and a possible increase in the number of coins traveling to and from exchanges, which could lead to increased fee rates during the next week. Unless there is a dramatic new change in hash rate during the next week, a difficulty adjustment is expected around Sunday that will mitigate most of the recent hash rate reductions. News. SIG hash updates. Peter Woolley started a thread on the Bitcoin dev mailing list suggesting two additions for future changes to SegWit SIG hashes, especially BIP 118 SIG hash, no input, unsafe. A signature hash is the data committed to by a signature in a transaction. Normally, the hash commits to a last, to a list of which coins are being spent, which scripts are receiving the coins and some metadata, but it's possible to sign only some of the transaction fields in order to allow other users to change your transactions in specific ways you might find acceptable. 
for example, for layer two protocols. Woolley suggests two additions to what metadata is hashed. Both will be optional, but both can become the default for normal on-chain wallets. First, the transaction fee <clears throat> is included in the hash in order to allow hardware wallets or offline wallets to ensure they aren't being tricked into spending excess fees to miners. Second, the script pub key of the coins being spent is also included in the hash. This also helps secure hardware wallets and offline wallets by eliminating a current ambiguity about whether the script being spent is a script pub key, P2SH redeem script, or SegWit witness script. Uh, okay, next up, simplified fee bumping for Lightning Network. Funds in a payment channel are protected in part by, use, by a multi-sig contract that requires both parties sign any state in which the channel can close. Although this provides trustless security, it has an unwanted side effect related to transaction fees. The parties may be signing channel states weeks or months before the channel is actually closed, which means they have to guess what the transaction fee fees will be far in advance. <clears throat> Rusty Russell has opened a pull request to the Bolt repository and started a mailing list thread for feedback on a proposal to modify the construction and signing of some of the Lightning Network transactions in order to follow both BIP-125 replaced by fee, fee bumping, and child pays for parent fee bumping. In a follow-up email, Matt Corallo indicated that the proposal is probably dependent on some changes being made to the methods and policy policies nodes use for relaying unconfirmed transactions. Selected Q&A from Bitcoin Stack Exchange. Bitcoin Stack Exchange is one of the first places Optech contributors look for answers to their questions or when they have a few spare moments of time to help answer other people's questions. In this monthly feature, we highlight some of the top voted questions and answers made since our last update. How could you fake signature to, <clears throat> oh, sorry, how could you create a fake signature to pretend to be Satoshi? Gregory Maxwell asks and answers a question about <clears throat> about how you could create a value that looked like an ECDSA signature corresponding to an arbitrary public key, such as the one known to belong to Satoshi Nakamoto, but without having access to the private key. Maxwell explains that it's easy if you can trick people into skipping part of the verification procedure. <clears throat> clearly, and this is me talking right now, uh, clearly that has something to do with that idiotic tweet that, that uh, Craig Wright tried to fool people into into believing that he was Satoshi Nakamoto by putting up this really old address on on this Satoshi Nakamoto Twitter account. Everybody called him out almost immediately saying things like, hi, Craig, we know it's you. And, and then the tweet was deleted, but, you know, it's been captured. Anyway, so, yeah, he was faking the signature again. And so that's where this I think that's where this question is being prompted from. OK, moving on. <clears throat> How to encrypt a message using a Bitcoin key pair. Peter Woolley and Greg Maxwell each answer a question about using Bitcoin private and public keys for encryption rather than their typical use for signing and verification. Woolley's answer provides details about the mechanism for accomplishing this, but both answers warn users about the dangers of trying to perform encryption with keys and tools that are intended for non-encrypted use with Bitcoin. 
What is transaction pinning? John Newberry asks and answers a question about the term transaction pinning. His definition describes a way to make it prohibitively expensive to fee bump even a small transaction that signals opt-in replace by fee. Transaction pinning can create problems for protocols such as Lightning Network, excuse me, where security depends on some transactions confirming within a certain period of time. What batch? What makes batch verification of Schnorr signatures effective? Peter Woolley provides a simple explanation of how it's possible to do several multiplication operations simultaneously on an elliptic curve. This can be significantly faster than doing single multiplication in series, allowing multiple signatures to be verified together faster than they could be individually verified. All right, so notable code changes. <clears throat> notable code changes this week in Bitcoin Core, LND, C Lightning, and LibSecP 256K1. God, I wish they'd change that name. Bitcoin Core number 14708 prints a warning when unrecognized section names are used in the Bitcoin.conf configuration file. <clears throat> For example, if you create the following configuration file using the name testnet instead of the correct name test, Bitcoin Core would previously silently ignore the testnet options. This merged PR causes it to print a notice. Warning, section testnet is not recognized. See Lightning, number 2087 adds new fields to the results of the GitInfo RPC. For the number of the node's peers, number of pending channels, number of active channels, and number of inactive channels, this now matches information displayed by LND's GitInfo RPC. See Lightning, number 2096, strips the text Lightning prefixed to a Bolt 11 invoice before attempting to process it. This text is sometimes added so that Lightning Network wallets can register it for it as URI handlers. The prefix text will be stripped if it is all lowercase or all uppercase, but not mixed case, per the BIP 173 BEC 32 specifications. See Lightning 2081 and 2092. Fix a problem with running multiple RPC commands in parallel as a user visible change. Lightning D now adds a new, <coughs> a double new line instead of just a single new line for the final output from an RPC. As single new lines may be used elsewhere in RPC output, terminating with a double new line makes it easy for a non-JSON parser to find the end of the result from one RPC call and the beginning of the results from a subsequent call when the same socket is used for both. Bitcoin Core number 14756 adds the ability for the RPC auth.py script to accept a password on stdin rather than as a command line parameter that might be stored in shell history. This script is the preferred way to generate login credentials for RPC access when not using Bitcoin-CLI as the same user that started the Bitcoin D daemon. Bitcoin Core number 14532 changes the settings used to bind Bitcoin Core's RPC port to anything besides the default local host. <laughs> Previously using the RPC allow IP configuration option will cause Bitcoin Core to listen on all interfaces, although still only accepting connections from the allowed IP addresses. Now the RPC bind configuration option 
also needs to be passed to specify the listening addresses. New warnings are printed for unlikely configurations and to advise users about the danger of listening on untrusted networks. It is hoped that this change will help reduce the number of nodes listening for RPC connections on public interfaces, the danger of which was described in the news section of Newsletter 18. Sea Lightning 2095 enforces the Bolt 2 maximum amounts for channel and payment value after it was discovered that Sea Lightning wasn't obeying these limits. A future change will likely support an optional Wumbo bit that allows the node to negotiate extra large channels and payment amounts. So that'll be interesting. All right, so that's the end of the Bitcoin Optech newsletter. I know it's really technical, guys, but they're... You know, maybe there's just some people that that don't have time to read it that will have, you know, the ability to, to let me, you know, read it for them and, and get some things out of it. But uh, remember, uh, go the I will put the uh, Optech newsletter link into my curated Twitter timeline, which I do with all of this stuff. So you can go read it for yourself. Um, like, for instance, the question and answers from the Bitcoin Stack Exchange, um, all of these have links to the actual, you know, full-scale question and the, and the full-scale uh, uh, answer. And some of these are, you know, are interesting, especially the one, how could you create a fake signature to pretend to be Satoshi? Everybody needs to read that one, including myself, which I will do after I get finished with this, um, because because of that thing with Craig Wright fa- uh, trying to, to get a fake Twitter account or a, a, a Twitter account faking the Satoshi Nakamoto um, name. And I think that account actually got suspended um, because so many people were up in arms about it. Okay. Well, <clears throat> anyway, so that's going to do it for uh, Bitcoin Optech newsletter. And uh, we will get into ooh, daily train wrecked, my favorite. Today's Daily Train Wrecked is brought to you by Nopara73 at Nopara73. And he writes, Node guys love external packages. It's a ticking time bomb for some Bitcoin wallets. While I'm only using three external packages in my wallet, I found over 45 in Bitcoin.com's wallet. Okay, so why is that important? Why is that a train wreck? <clears throat> well, this this goes back to this um, news story that hit yesterday about uh, several Bitcoin wallets possibly hacked by rogue developer. BitPay becomes focal point, and this is from Bitcoin Exchange Guide. And uh, we'll just read a little bit about it. It's been a rough month for the crypto industry, and now it has become even rougher. It appears that several major Bitcoin wallets have been compromised by a rogue developer. A Node.js module called EventStream was reportedly compromised. The issue was spotted by GitHub user Dean Veloper, who posted the issue on GitHub early on Monday. The event stream uh, problem itself was discussed last week on GitHub, although the connection to Bitcoin wallets wasn't discovered until earlier today. This is a big deal. The event stream node.js module is used by millions of web applications. In the crypto community, it's used most notably by BitPay's open source Bitcoin wallet, Copay. 
Now that code is compromised, which means the millions of users of the eventstream node.js module are similarly compromised, including anyone who uses Bit, BitPay's open source Bitcoin wallet copay. Okay, so BitPay has been a bad actor in the space for a couple of years now. Um, they've gotten a, a lot of flack from the Bitcoin crew, and rightly so, because they're They've done things in the past that um, do not seem to align with uh, what a, a very many people in the Bitcoin community uh, think is is ethical behavior, and uh, they're getting what they deserved. Sorry, sorry for you know if you're using BitPay or or, or Copay, you know you shouldn't be using them anyway simply because they're 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 not good actors in the space and they haven't been for a while. If you need to use something like this, use, you know, something like BitPay, then use uh, BTC Pay Server, you know, because those guys are are not bad actors in the space and they've never been bad actors in the space. So if you're using Copay, I'm sorry for you. You probably need to get another wallet um, sooner than later. So that's going to do it for the Daily Train Wreck. Today's Terrible Joke Corner is brought to you by a terrible dad joke. A proud new dad sits down to have a drink with his father. Well, son, now that you've got a kid of your own, I think it's time to give you this. Dad, you don't mean. Yes, son, I do. Dad pulls out copy of 100, 1001 Dad Jokes, 5th edition. Dad, I'm honored, he says, tears sparkling in his eyes. High honored, replies his father, I'm dad. (laughs) Oh, that's, God, that's bad. That's such a bad joke. I love it. All right, I'm out, but before I go, uh, there was one thing that I did want to uh, uh, direct attention to. It was a, a news piece earlier today from um, Business News. Um, actually, it was from yesterday. Um, foreign buyers find U.S. Treasuries less appealing. Uh, Reuters is reporting some overseas investors appear to be taking a pass on U.S. debt securities just as the administration of President Donald Trump embarks on a record sale of treasury bills, notes, and bonds to pay for its big tax cuts and spending increases. Okay, um, that harkens back to something that uh, there's a, a woman named Caitlin Long uh, a few weeks back was on Tales from the Crypt with Marty Bent. And uh, she's been in the Wall Street, she was in the Wall Street tr- trenches for, God, like, I think 22 years, over 20 years, something like that. And there was something in that in that interview that struck me and has never, it, it still rings in my ears to this day. And that was when she said, the shit will probably, and I'm not, I'm not quoting, okay, because it's been a while since I've heard it, but essentially what she said is, you will know when the shit hits the fan when a United States Treasury bond auction fails. And what I what that means as far as I can tell is that what you know one of the ways that we sell our debt to the world 
is by selling them uh, treasury bonds and whatnot. And uh, this usually done in big packages of this stuff are, are usually sold at auction. And the question becomes, what if nobody shows up to the auction? We have this big, huge pile of treasury bills that we need to unload because we need other people's money so that we can sell them our debt, which is just so ridiculous to think about. And nobody buys them. Not a single freaking person buys them. Think about that for a second. And so, so what? In a tweet that I made about this, I was, I was uh, had taken a snapshot. Um, is that we're getting scathingly close to something Caitlin said on Tales from the Crypt. When a U.S. Treasury bond auction fails, watch out. And, you know, watch out, man, because it's like that watch uh, for you guys that have never been interested in this stuff before. This is something to watch. Um, We're getting real close to a failed bond auction. Um, I hope it doesn't happen because I don't want to see that aftermath. I don't want my children to grow up in that aftermath. But pay attention, people. Um, Okay, so that will do it for me. Um, I want to thank you guys for uh, joining me today. And uh, I will be back tomorrow, and I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.